that time, the Sports Talker, presented by Allen Electric. Here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. You made it. You're close to the weekend. Just an hour left for some of you. Uh, Maybe some of you guys are already off for the weekend, but... Uh, hope everybody's doing well. It should be a fun show. Hopefully you're inside listening to me today because it is a scorcher outside, incredibly hot. Um, I know a lot of people that went down to Forecastle, which is going on right now, and I can't imagine uh, how how hot it is down there, especially when you're rocking out uh, to some groovy tunes. Trevor, how are you doing today? I left for the weekend about three days ago, TJ, and uh, I haven't rocked out to some quote-unquote groovy tunes in years. No? You haven't? Not, not in years? Not not what I would consider groovy. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that's uh, that's a bummer, man. You need to you need to turn on the, the record player and get going. I've got a record player, actually. I have a record player with speakers and about 200 records. For 4th of July, when I went down to the lake for my family lake weekend, they had a record player. Well, we stayed at one of their neighbor cabins. It was open, and we have a ton of family. So my mom said, hey, do do you and Hannah want to stay just in this cabin? Uh, you, you can have some other people stay with you if you'd like. And we said, yeah, whatever. Uh, there's a bunch of kids. We would be able to sleep in a little bit more. Uh, but they had a record player there. Long story short, we found out that the, the reason that cabin was open for that weekend is because the lady that owned it had passed away. And we were told that their cabin was incredibly haunted. Nice. I, don't know that, I don't know if that was just a joke or not. Uh, it, it did kind of feel weird there at night, but nothing nothing happened besides are, it just kind of feeling weird there. Are you a guy that, uh, do you believe in ghosts? I, I do believe in ghosts. I'm not really sure why. I probably shouldn't believe in ghosts, but I do. See, I'm, I'm, I'm the uh, pessimist. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't get, believe in the alien thing. I'm, I have no problem with uh, sleeping in a, a cabin that's quote-unquote haunted. I, well, I, I, I kind of like that stuff, so I didn't really mind. I, Yates didn't believe in ghosts, but he really believed in aliens. <laughs> that's, I don't understand that either. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, it makes sense. Ghosts would be supernatural, where aliens, it could be real. I do believe in aliens, too, as we're getting way off topic here to start the show. Did we have but, a topic to begin with? There's always something to talk about, Trevor. It is. Other it is flashbacks and aliens. It is flashback Friday today on fourteen fifty of Sports Buzz. We didn't do Throwback Thursday yesterday with the trivia game because we were a little, a little busy talking about football and various other things. Uh, so we will do Flashback Friday today. I'm going to give out some clues. Trevor has to guess the year. You play along at home, and it's a good time. We'll see. Uh, I give off one clue. Trevor has to guess the year. If he doesn't get it, I give off another one. His goal is to get it as soon as possible. Uh, I don't really have a goal, but I do. I, I have been told to make it tougher, so I'm going to make it tougher for him this week. Well, you've, you've only gotten me past two clues, I think, once in what four or five times we've done this. You know that's just not true. You've only I've, I've gotten it at least two clues or less almost every time except for that's once. Not true. And that that's one and that one time was not even my fault. My headset was messing up and it was frustrating me, and I was off my game. No, that's not true. One time you never even got it. I had to tell you. That was the same one. No. I think you're sadly mistaken there, buddy. You're smart, but you're not that smart. Uh, I'm a, I might not remember a lot of things from less than 24 hours ago, but I remember that. Uh, I had somebody comment to me yesterday, Trevor, that that Trevor guy is really funny on your show. And they, that was without even seeing me. That's a compliment. 
That was nice. It is a big weekend for UK football. We had Justin Rowland on yesterday to talk about it. They're going to have visitors galore. They're going to have some committed guys. They're going to have some uncommitted guys. Uh, Justin Rowland hinted that you should expect, likely expect at least one commitment, if not maybe a few more, and certainly set some groundwork with some guys. So big weekend uh, as Kentucky will we'll camp some of these. They're going to do a camp, so these guys are going to be on campus and, and working out and all that fun stuff. Um, talked to somebody close today about UK Stadium, and, and a lot has been made of, made of this situation, whether or not Commonwealth Stadium will be ready by week one, if everything will be uh, good to go. I'm told the only thing, if it's not 100% ready, it'll be 98% ready, and you won't be able to tell what the 2% is that is not ready, if that makes sense. So basically, if you go to Commonwealth Stadium for week one, Everything's going to look new. There might be some things that won't be completely finished, but what I was told, you wouldn't be able to tell. Next Wednesday, I'm going to go tour uh, Commonwealth Stadium, the updated Commonwealth Stadium. I'm excited for that to get a chance to go see how far it's come and how much work they have to do. I see the pictures of it, Trevor, and the press box uh, in some of the suites, that looks far from completed. And I was told that that should—that's a really quick fix. All they really have to do is put in glass and some furniture and a little TLC, and that will be fine. Uh, but it almost looks like a, a vacant building with the windows blown out. It, it something you see in a scary movie or a post-apocalyptic movie or something along those lines. I've never uh, been it, to Commonwealth's uh, press department. Is it is it okay? Is it nice? I mean, I, I don't want to ask you to compare it to Papa John's because you're also comparing two stadiums that are built 20 years apart from each other. So. I don't think that would be a fair comparison because Papa John's press area is really nice. But is what is uh, Commonwealth? What would you rate it amongst the uh, many stadiums you have been to, especially amongst the SEC? Commonwealth Stadium was said their press box was said to be the worst in the SEC. I've heard that from other people. That's why I'm asking you. I just uh, I didn't want to come out and sound like a hater and come out and say it right away. They it. it I was okay with it just because it was the first one I ever went to. So. Um, my standards were, okay, this is a college football press box. Your bar but then was set at, awfully low to begin with. But as I went to other ones, and I've been to a lot of them, all of them were better. Tennessee, South Carolina's, Vandy. You know, Vandy's has a pretty bad one, too. Well, actually, Vandy's updated theirs, and it's not as bad anymore. I uh, went to old LP Field. What is it now? Toyota Stadium? Did they or, change it? I thought it was still up. I, listen, the days of me remembering where – or teams name their what they play their stadium names in is long gone. That, that's one trivia question. I I just don't even care about getting right anymore. Yeah, it, it, they changed it. I don't know exactly what it is now. Uh, that was obviously nicer. I mean, you you named a, a football stadium I've been to. Louisville's is obviously yeah. nicer. But I'm told that this one will be much better, uh, new and improved. It'll be up there with other SEC stadiums. So that's good news. Now they are moving it from where it was underneath the second level, on top of the first level, underneath the second level, and we're having a guest appearance by Abe who wanted to come in and say hello. I can hear hello. his uh, chain uh, who jingling. Say hello during the show. I Pretty slow work day today. I got to do some stuff this morning, and then I messed around with Periscope, which do you know what that is, Trevor? I do, yes. I, I've learned what Periscope is over the time. Remember I was on it with you during the, uh, oh, the yeah. golf okay. remote. Yeah, yeah uh, who's was, the one that has short-term memory on this show? Come on, TJ. One of us has got to remember stuff. Well, anyway, so I, I had some fun with Periscope, and Periscoped Abe just kind of hanging out and doing his thing. 
and I'm taking his chain off of him so I he won't hear be that. so loud. But we're done now. I thought now maybe I, I thought maybe the ghost of your house was had returned. No, um, just Abe. He think it was a go like a ghost of Christmas past with the chains on him ghost, coming down. Ghost of sports talker past maybe. Abe's been a little rascal today, so he knows that I'm kind of mad at him, so he's being extra cuddly. Uh, he's he's just the best dog in the world. Did he eat something when you were sleeping this morning or maybe drop a uh, giant uh, present on your that you had to end up walking through today? No, house? when he wants when he wants attention, he'll grab my tennis shoes just because he knows it'll he'll get me to say, "Hey, don't do that." But he so he won't chew them up, but he'll he'll play with them. And if I'm not paying attention to him even after he's got the tennis shoes on, then he'll start to take the soles out of them. He won't rip up the soles. He won't chew on the soles. He'll just take the soles out of the shoe. And I've been kind of getting on him about it, and he, he knows when he does it and he gets caught and he gets in trouble. So he's being extra cute today, um, which, you know, God love him. He's the best. Uh, lost my train of thought. Where were we? We were talking about press boxes before we were so rudely interrupted, Abe. I didn't even know we had a legitimate train of thought in this conversation, but go on. Uh, so supposedly Kentucky's – Press box are going to be updated and be much nicer and be able to hold their own with other SEC stadiums. But they will be moving to the top of the second level. So our we had a great view. People would say for as bad as UK's press box was, Trevor, it was the best located press box in the SEC. And some people would say all of college football. Uh, take that for what it's worth. I don't know who had been to every press box in college football, but uh, you had some big wigs saying that it was the best located press box in, in most football. Now it's going on top of the stadium. It won't be terrible, but it won't be as good. You go to other stadiums in the SEC, uh, Tennessee's is on the top. You almost feel like you're in the clouds. It's tough to see. Same for at South Carolina. Uh, Louisville's isn't uh, an unbelievable view, but it's not terrible. It, Kentucky's will be similar to Louisville's, I'm sure. Um, so that's that's – that's not the worst thing in the world. I would take a worse view for an updated press box if I'm going to be covering every game there this fall. Captain Arctic tweets into the show and says that he took his own personal tour of Commonwealth Stadium last week. He doesn't know how they're going to finish it on time. And that's what I've been told from people that have been on Commonwealth Stadium's campus and have walked around is that they just don't see a way that it's going to get finished. So, again, I, I talked to somebody today, and they said, yeah, I could get why people think that, but it will it will be finished. They and he basically said it has to be finished. If it's not finished, then uh, what, you know what are they going to do? So um, he said that you'll be able to tell the most part. I don't know if he was just being optimistic or what the deal was, but I imagine it will be, like he said, 98 97% done. Let's keep uh, they, hope alive. Let's keep hope alive. Why not? Why not? So uh, Trevor, what was your re- reaction with the Louisville folk on the, on the J-1 pass? commitment my favorite was not even the louisville but reading the message boards of more more auburn than alabama fans going through the typical we didn't get the guy we probably really wanted so we're going to go in denial cliches that just reeked through the message boards that didn't help that juan made the comment that we talked about a little bit at the end of the show yesterday uh where he said that he didn't one of the reasons he didn't choose auburn was he didn't feel like they could get him ready for the pro level uh, that didn't help, I'm sure, Auburn fans. But just going through the and, – and I'm trying to point out Auburn fans as being the only ones. I know if he'd probably chosen Alabama or Auburn, Louisville fans would have probably been doing somewhat the same way, maybe not to the same degree because we're not as hardcore as in football as Alabama and Auburn are, and they don't understand that, and they don't understand anything. But Auburn fans, that was probably my most joyous part of 
the Juan Pass decision was going to, especially on AI.com or AL.com, the Alabama website for their newspaper, just reading through the, oh, we had no desire for him anyway. One person, a couple of the quotes were, we we weren't we didn't have a scholarship for him anyway, so it's a good thing he didn't choose this. Uh, why are we going to get concerned over losing a what would have been our four-string quarterback? Uh, just the you know just the comments of the denial of hatred. It's almost like watching the scene in the Friday, the second Friday movie, when Mike Epps is uh, watching uh, Ice Cube go talk to the cute Mexican neighbor girl of his, and he's like, you know, I know you're not going to talk to her. I know you ain't going to talk to her. I hope you don't talk to her. You know, that, that just seemed like the scene that I saw through the message boards, and that entertained me. I read that for like an hour and a half last night. But why do you get worked up about that? Oh, I wasn't I, worked up. I enjoyed it. I laughed at it. Now, are you mean why do you get worked up about it if you're an Auburn fan? No, I and I, I trust you when you say you didn't get worked up about it. But there, there were some Louisville fans, and they somehow were able to spin it back on UK. And I'm sure there were probably some UK fans that were tweeting stupid things because there's stupid people out there. <laughs> but some Louisville, Louisville fans were saying, typical of Kentucky to do this, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's typical of typical everybody. what, to hate just, on your rival? I mean, that's okay. That's typical. But, I accept that. I don't get – and there there probably are some people that read the same message boards you did, Trevor, and would get worked up about it and saying, wow, Auburn and Alabama have classless fans. I can't believe that they would do this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, I just stop. If you haven't understood – if you don't understand and you how the internet works, you're never going to understand. You never will. You'll never get it because I- guess what? When something doesn't go your team's way, you're going to deflect and you're going to make excuses and you're going to sound stupid. I, was, I wasn't pigeonholing the, the, the both Alabama fan bases into that. Now it may be a high percentage of them, from what I've understood, that they can all be like that. But uh, no, it didn't bother me. I found it amusing. I mean, it, and, listen, it, if it was somebody they really didn't care about, they wouldn't even have bothered to comment the way they did. And it should be that. That's all internet comments like that should just be used for fun. Uh, it should be hilarious. So there's some people I follow on Twitter that are some of, uh, you know, I, I, I can't really say how I feel here on, <laughs> on the radio show. Uh, the but I, button ready? You know, I, I wonder how they have jobs, you know, full-time jobs, and maybe they don't. Um, but I follow them because it, it does kind of crack me up a little bit, Trevor. Is that sad? No, I, I, get en- I enjoy it when, and there's been points in my uh, short uh radio career where I, I've had people come at me and say some nasty things to me and blame me for things that are obviously way out of my control and nothing to do with me. And you know what? I don't, I like it. I enjoy it. I, I find it amusing that you would even take the time to tell me I'm a stinky, fat, waste of, ta- waste of talent type of person. And, and I clean that up as best I could in some of the things that I've been said before in my Facebook page as well. You know, you know, I, I, if you want to take the time to even the twenty seconds to write that and think of it, I find it amusing. I agree with you. So don't get worked up over that, people. Louisville fans, Kentucky fans, and also don't be the one making stupid comments saying your team didn't want them when they offered. Why would Kentucky care? I mean, why why would Kentucky fans? Well, I'm sure have a, a stake in this. I mean, other than the fact well, that they're just not happy to see Louisville happy about something. That's exactly what it is, <laughs> and and it. I'm sure there were. It, it, Hell, there were some of my Louisville friends that were texting me when when Cash Daniels committed. It's just when when another team is having success, or when your rival is having success, you you don't want them to be able to soak it all in. 
And that's just the way sports work, and people are, are silly for doing that sort of thing. Uh, this is some other big news coming from Louisville with this Jawan Pass commitment, is that they are going, they already, people, some people knew this, some people didn't know this, they already had a commitment from a dual-threat quarterback from Tennessee named Tylen Oden, and it came out today that he's going to stay committed to Louisville. So he will, uh, he'll stick around. Not afraid of a challenge, I like that. He's another. He's another four star. He's the. Uh, he's a very. A quarterback that a lot of other schools wanted. He's he's highly regarded. Uh, not quite as highly ranked as Jawan Pass, but still a, a really good player. So next year, tell me if I'm wrong about this. <laughs> next year on Louisville's roster, they will have Kyle Bolin, Reggie Bonifon, Will Gardner, Tylen Oden, Jawan Pass, and. Who Lamar? Lamar Jackson and Tyler Lamar Ferguson. Jackson. Yes. Okay. The the Ferguson was the one that I forgot. Um, that's so they seven, have, by the way. So that's seven quarterbacks. How? Uh, what's going to happen? Um. Well, I mean, you know, you know, there's some fantasy leagues where you can play two quarterbacks. Maybe yeah. we can figure that out. Uh, I would assume. Uh, well, in some cases. Bowling, maybe a Gardner. I don't know. I mean, I think I would just assume they'd want to finish out their career. I would think that maybe Jackson could redshirt this year. Uh, obviously, Pass is looking at probably maybe hopefully redshirting him. And if any, before you jump in and say, well, why would you want to redshirt a guy? You just got a four-star, borderline maybe five-star quarterback. You would think you'd want to play right away. And maybe, but I'm sure, I'm assuming they've discussed redshirting with him. And if that's a problem, then I doubt he would have gone to Alabama, Auburn, and not been redshirted as well. So... Uh, I would think that would be a solution, and, and if it isn't, then maybe they, he's, if, you know, if he's good enough to step in and take the starting job from everyone we just named who'd been here already before, then so be it, and give him the starting job. It worked for Teddy Bridgewater. Well, here's what I'll say: this is a incredibly big year for Kyle Bolin, Reggie Bonifon, and and Will Gardner. Uh, with Gardner, it might be well, Gardner's a senior anyway with injury problems, I believe. So I don't think yeah. he would be on the team next year. So you can that would be six guys actually. Is he a senior? Will I he believe be a senior? he is. I think I might be wrong. No, you know he's a junior this year. You're right. So, but he okay. with injuries I, again. He's and he's just somewhat had his time and a chance to shine a little bit. So, oh, but let's just just for argument's sake, um, and and with Will Gardner, with that being with him being a junior and coming back for a senior year, it probably ultimately wouldn't matter. But but especially for Kyle Bullen and Reggie Bonifon, if and, and I think it's pretty much assumed that one of those two guys will likely be the starter uh, with all signs pointing to Bonifon. But if they don't have a successful year and Bobby Petrino has to consider playing Lamar Jackson just to see if he brings something different, if the quarterback position isn't solid for Louisville this season... They might as well pack their bags. They might as well pack their bags. They might as well not stick around because guess what? You have two other four-star quarterbacks coming in. Not and to mention one Lamar is, Jackson probably redshirting this year as well as a freshman. And, well, that's what I'm saying. If if they have to, if and you know, ideally, and this is with any situation, just like it was with Drew Barker last year, ideally they can redshirt Lamar Jackson because they have a quarterback step up that is adequate, that can do his job, that can move the chains and 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 score. But if that's not the case and they have to flirt with taking Lamar Jackson's red shirt off of him, then you might as well pack your bags. Because then, depending on what Lamar does, assuming he would be good, and, I, and I've heard nothing but great things about him, I actually think Louisville should just roll the dice and have him 
him being the starting quarterback. Now, maybe with having Jawan pass, that changes things because you do have uh, one of these guys has to be good, Trevor. One of them has to live up to their potential. Um, I just don't know if Kyle Bolin or Reggie Bonifant is the answer for Louisville long term. So I would I would not be happy if I were those guys. Well, Bolin's I, not the future. Louisville fans might not want to hear that, but Bolin, even though he is a sophomore, and I know he played well last year in the flash that he had, but Bolin, to me, is not the future. Bolin is a backup. Bolin is a a Hunter Cantwell throwing in nice spur, maybe a game or two if need be because of injury or feeling like a certain position, but not a full-time starter to me. Not at this level. I would, I would be disappointed if I was Reggie Bonifon. And, and like you, he's still going to have a lot of chances. Uh, you, I guess technically he probably still controls his own destiny. But here's a Louisville kid that could have gone a lot of other places. Um, a, a lot of good schools said that they could he could come there if he wanted to change positions and – play other roles. Uh, he he loved Louisville, one, because it was a hometown school, but two, because they trusted him at quarterback. And now it's going to be a make-or-break year for him where if he doesn't succeed, if he doesn't have success, uh, he's going to get so buried on that depth chart you're never going to hear his name again. I wouldn't like that if I was Reggie Bonifant, and uh, especially with, again, growing up and, and being Louisville, uh, being a Louisville fan and being very loyal to Louisville. Um, I know it's a business. And I don't blame Bobby Vitrino if you have another better option. But I I would be pretty disappointed. And you're definitely, without a doubt, going to see some transfers here. And I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I, I never you never want to predict this stuff because you just can't predict it. But I wouldn't be surprised if if, if one of Tylen Oden or Jawan Pass decommitted before February. We're in July, Trevor. That's a really long time. I would be you're shocked gonna... if it's Jawan Pass. I think they have a lot of – I think they, they... – it seems to me the coaching staff and, and especially not, and I don't know the fans don't have a say in it, but the coach staff and this, this the team I think really wants him. He's one of the higher recruits they've had. I mean, he's right up there with Peanut Whitehead, Brian Brom, Michael Bush in terms of the highest recruits that Louisville has brought in, especially in the Petrino era. Yeah, probably, probably so. I can see Bowling transferring. He's a sophomore. You know, I know this isn't going to happen, but. If I'm Bowen, go to Western. Sit out this one year, let Dowdy play his year, and take over at Western in that Brom system down there. Stay in I the would, state. That would be appealing to me. I, I, I would uh, agree with that. What if just in some crazy world, Kyle, Kyle Bowen ended up transferring to Kentucky? I don't think Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky fans would want him. You would have. You, he would be in the same situation he's at at Louisville with that. I mean, he's a side. He comes there. It means he'd be a junior. Not he would he wouldn't play obviously say transfer this year and sit out use this year to sit out which I don't know, it might be too late to do that now but I mean that would put him in the same situation in almost the same class area as Barker and, and Tolls and that puts him in the same situation he's at a little bit really I don't see that would being any any benefit for him. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out and and we'll have a much better idea at least I think we could still be having this exact same conversation next year and we and we we probably will but if. The best case scenario for Louisville is Reggie Bonifon or Kyle Bolin, but more likely Reggie Bonifon just has an unbelievable year. And it's very clear, okay, he's great. He's going to lead Louisville's offense for the next few years. Uh, Lamar Jackson, maybe he maybe he's transfers, maybe he sticks around. Maybe switches def- position. Yeah, yeah, possibly. It definitely allows us to uh, redshirt Juwan Pass and groom him up and not have to throw him into the fire. And it um, that means he would, allows, he would take it, over it, as a redshirt sophomore for Bonifon after Bonifon left. That was and that's case. how most programs do it. That's what, usually when they pass the torch. So 
that would be the best case scenario. It is really strange to see Justin Rowland mentioned this yesterday, but it is really strange to see Petrino going after all these dual threat quarterbacks nowadays. Well, I, it, you know, it's I, you would think that's that's out of his realm. I mean, because I mean, look at what he did. At Arkansas he didn't have a lot of dual threat with uh, Tyler Wilson and and Ryan Mallett were both pro style quarterbacks. But he did leave Louisville. Technically, I know it was you could say what well, was the NFL, but he'd already turned down the Raiders' job one time. Watt Louisville, but he did take the Falcons job in thoughts that he was going to get Michael Vick a dual threat quarterback. He did have the Stephon LaFleur's at Louisville, who wasn't his recruit, but was a recruit of obviously John L. Smith, who fit John L. Smith, who liked dual threats more than he did, and did well with him. So he's 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 shown that he can he can like the dual threat quarterback just because he hasn't maybe had the more traditional past of it. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I, I like dual threat quarterbacks. I I was a big you know college, never... I love it. Yeah, it never really worked out for Jalen Whitlow, but I always thought he he was going to be the guy at Kentucky, and the, maybe that's the, the problem with Whitlow is he wasn't a dual threat; he was only one threat, and that was running. There was no there was no threat with his arm. It was just you might as well have been running the Wildcat. That's true, and also I think just being on those bad teams for for so many years at UK kind of scrambled his brain, where everything he thought he was going to get sacked, he was going to get hit, or any of his passes were just going to get picked off by a much better defender. I think it was all, I, I not all mental for Jalen Whitlow, but I feel a lot of it was men, mental for him. We're going to head to commercial break here. We're going to switch gears a little bit, talk uh, a little Kentucky basketball. Uh, so stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Would still be in the cage. Presented by Allen Electric. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. We're back here, 14 Sports Buzz. It's Friday. It's Flashback Friday. We're going to play our signature game. That's really Throwback Thursday, but we were too busy yesterday. Uh, so we will move that to today and we'll put it on at the five o'clock hour so you'll want to stick around and play along with that trevor there is some some news i need to get to it's a relatively slow day all things considered uh but there is some news some things that i found out today uh that i that i want to put out there of course all this stuff is on catsillustrated.com and you could have read it beforehand but that's okay i'm gonna relay it for you right now so there has been a uk media personality who has been saying that Kentucky will be a member to the 2015-2016 roster, basically a reclassified guy for the 2015 class, and it has been driving a lot of people crazy on who that could be, um, where they are from, are they a transfer? Were they reclassifying this and that? I found out today it would be a reclassifying situation. I found out who, who the player was. At least I'm 98% sure this is the, the person people have been speculating about. 
And I got to the bottom about whether or not they will be joining this year's Kentucky team. And, drum roll, the answer is highly unlikely. Is that his name or is that the odds? That's the odds. Uh, his name, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give out his name right now uh, just because the person that was telling me told me not to pass it along. But we'll wait for that. Okay, um, so, so let me recap this real quick, TJ. A reclassified recruit that was looking to reclassify to this class was going to pick Kentucky or is going to pick Kentucky and we now know the he does want to reclassify he we do know his name but we can't learn it yet can't learn it yet because he he's not I I think that they just I don't think they really cared all that much but they said let's just keep it quiet for now so I'm I'm going to honor that I'm I'm going to keep it quiet if they told me to do that I I gave a hint on catsillustrated.com uh, if you want a hint Please, for, Listen, for the sake of this rivalry and watch the internet explode, let it be Maverick Rowan. No, it's it's not Maverick Rowan. Although I thought that would would have been hilarious. Uh, it's not Maverick Rowan, but the hint is he plays his high school basketball in a state that is either Kentucky or touching Kentucky. So, how many states does that make, Trevor? Uh, well, that leaves Indiana, Ohio, West Virginia, Tennessee. And I believe, do we touch Missouri? We do touch Missouri. Missouri. Uh, is that all five, or am I missing one? Or is there a Virginia as well, maybe? I think you're missing some. Am I missing another? Is Virginia correct? I don't, I'm don't. i trying to remember if they, the tip of Virginia touches, or is it North Carolina? No, North Carolina doesn't touch Louisville. Kentucky doesn't. Missouri, Illinois. Illinois. Indiana, uh, Ohio, West Virginia, Virginia. Tennessee. Man, we're an easy state. We just touch everybody. Tennessee is the only state that touches more. Well, I figured that since yeah, it's basically touching the entire bottom of Kentucky. Yeah. So, um, but so it's one from one of those states is so, where the player is. So it's a he, reclassification it's, to this year, and he plays high school in one of six states. Well, I'm told that he's not going to reclassify. They, oh, that's they looked not. in. They, that's what it would have been, though. They looked into it. They they tried to see if it was realistic. He was ready to do that. Um, I was told that if he did reclassify, that Kentucky was one of the options, was a school that said, hey, we, we, we'd be interested in having you. Um, which the funny thing is, if he stays in his class, I'm not 100% sure if UK will be a, a realistic landing spot for him. But... Um, so needless to say, this mystery recruit, I, I am 95% sure, 98% sure I have figured it out, um, but don't expect him to come to, to, make the, to make the roster this year. Which brings on the next question is, is it... Why aren't you a private detective? Yeah, that, that too. But is it necessary? Was it would have been necessary for Kentucky to add another body to the front court this year, Trevor? Do you think that will change drastically change Kentucky's season one way or the other? I mean, that depends on who you're adding. I mean, if you add me, no. But if you say, add, you add, you add a, you know, if you were to say uh, Jason Tatum's going to reclassify and join Kentucky this year, then yeah. Well, no, what if it was just, and this isn't who it is, but what if it was just your kind of middle-of-the-pack, four-star, decent, uh, 
kind of project big man? Um, yeah, I don't think it would hurt. I mean, especially if it's a big man. You're talking like a six, a a, 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 a legitimate power, a four five guy that, yeah. that, that can at least yeah. play five. Uh, but someone who at least if, if they're raw and their their raw ability is such maybe defense, like maybe Willie Collie Stein, then no, I don't think it'd be a bad thing. I mean, Willie Collie Stein was a raw prospect coming in, and, and obviously his abilities, even as a raw freshman, would be would be an added plus to this year's Kentucky team, especially when you're talking about the lack of depth at the at the center position being their biggest problem, or at least the the, the lack of depth at the four or five to me. Even though I think Porters can play the four. Well, I'm not saying it wouldn't help. I I, I don't see where it would have hurt. I'm not. I'm not arguing that, but I'm saying, would that have drastically changed Kentucky's season? I say no, uh, because if you bring in a middle of the pack four star, and they're probably going to with Ty Winyard, they're probably going to bring him in in December, and, and he is your in the 2016 recruiting rankings. He is your stereotypical middle of the pack four star. Uh, so, will it help? Would it help? Yes, but I don't think that changes whether or not Kentucky is a title contender or not. I think the team you have right now, the guys on the roster right now, that's a team that can cut down the nets, and that's a team that can win a national championship. If you add a piece, will that help their chances? Maybe slightly. But without that piece, does it mean that does it change things? No. It, it doesn't change things in the slightest. I still think Kentucky should be considered one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country, and the roster they have right now is pretty loaded as is. Yeah, and I mean, again, you 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 obviously want to just keep in mind you never know if you're going to have an injury problem, uh, possibly maybe if, if it would irk its head later in the closer to the season, an eligibility issue that we we know that can still loom possibly in the back of your mind. You don't want to pretend like it's a problem, but you know it can always still loom at, at any point. Uh, then yeah, you might want to have a plan B or C in this case. That's you know, if that were to happen, Kentucky'd be in trouble. But I'm also, if they were to add just your average, an average big man that would be a project, I don't think he would help, sure. Wouldn't hurt. But I, I think at that point, Kentucky's season is not thrown away, but I think the expectations would have to be so much, would have to be lowered to a, a major degree to the point where that guy's not going to significantly bump the, bump the expectations back up. It's not that good of a player, Trevor. Maybe well, I, I don't know who he is, so I can't judge it. And if I did know his name, it wouldn't help my help my breakdown on commenting any difference, though. Because I guarantee you would tell you could tell me his name right now, and I still wouldn't know who he is. Probably, so it wouldn't be relevant. But so my my point is, even if let's say I would, I know, if I'm Kentucky, though, if I had the opportunity to add even a raw middle of the class, even what you call a middle class four star big man, I mean, if he's at least over six foot nine. Then I would I would want to add him if I'm Kentucky if I had the opportunity now if I didn't add him if I if if the opportunity was there and then fell fell the, the bottom fell out but underneath it and I didn't get him I wouldn't lose sleep I wouldn't wake up in a cold sweat you know screaming like Axl Rose in a November rain video if I'm John Calipari but I would I would be happy to add him knowing that that's the one position I don't have the depth but depth is overrated in college basketball and in some cases it can be a downfall in terms of I don't want to say it was a downfall for Kentucky last year, going thirty-eight and zero before losing, but it you know is we've seen kind of in the aftermath of the what was having too much depth has uh, possibly caused Kentucky to have more hiccups in recruiting than they're used to. 
Well, breakups to them is what would be a great year to others. I, I I was all with you on your depth is overrated in college basketball point. I was nodding my head along. I was fist pumping. <laughs> I was saying, hell yeah, Trevor, get it, get it. But then you went and kind of ruined it. Well, it was like a backhanded uh, slide at the, uh, the the platoon system or something. Was that what depth, it lost? Depth isn't overrated because it's a showcase that Kentucky screwed up with too much depth last year, and, and it it screwed them. It screwed them up in in recruiting. Now it didn't help with recruiting, and but that's they, not why. But, but they recruit, screw up their recruiting for what they expect over the last five years in Cal. Normally, you ask any other ninety percent of the ninety eight percent of the other schools across the country brings in Kentucky's class this year, and they're doing backflips. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But that's not why depth is overrated. Depth is overrated. Depth is overrated because to win a a, a national championship, as we as we have seen time after time after time, you really only need seven guys. You need seven good guys that play well with one another, that are coachable that bring uh, versatility, they can all do something different. And that's really, you need seven, eight, eight guys, tops, really, to win a national championship. And you look at the past few teams that have won national championships, they're playing about seven or eight guys. So that's why depth is a little overrated when people think, oh, we need to go nine, ten deep. We are, we've got so much talent coming off the bench. That could be good during the regular season for similar reasons with the NBA where, okay, you know, it, it can be a bit much. I, I, I would never say that for an 18-year-old kid playing two games a week would be a bit much. But if you wanted to make that argument, well, you've got depth. They're going to get more rest. They're only going to play 20, 22 to 25 minutes a game, maybe less than that. Um, that's where it can be good. But to win a national championship, you don't need a deep bench. No, eight, 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 you only need no more than eight, even seven sometimes. You can, yeah. If you've got the right, right, right talent in the front starting lineup, I mean, Louisville went to the Final Four in 05 with just a seven-man rotation, and that was barely a seven-man rotation. Yeah, and uh, so that's why if Kentucky were to add another player or there was obviously a chance that they were going to, uh, it would have been okay. But like I said, it wouldn't have drastically changed UK's season outcome. It wouldn't have changed their national championship chances. And Trevor, like you said, and what, what like people at home could be thinking to themselves, saying, well... What if some? What if Scalabissier gets hurt? If Scalabissier gets hurt, Kentucky's in trouble regardless. It doesn't matter who they would have needed a Caleb Swanigan like big guy to help nullify that loss. There's nobody out there available right now that could take away uh, the no. loss of Scalabissier. No, but you could you could change maybe the way you approach this team's attacking mode. I mean, you could go to more of a a smaller rotation, yes. I mean, obviously, no matter what big man you're going to bring in, is going to re- replace Labissier with with the talents he brings. But you'd have to change kind of the way the team is structured going into this year. Maybe go to more of a smaller, maybe even a three, almost four guard rotation on a more regular basis. Well, you you can do that even now. Yeah, you, but you wouldn't. It, you, you would it, be forced to almost do it if you lost Labissier with no legitimate backup other than maybe Marcus Lee at center. Well, you, you you play Marcus Lee at center. It's not ideal. You play Alex Poitras at four, yeah. and those two better stay healthy. They better stay out of foul trouble. And if this is after December when you have Ty Winyard, you better hope Ty Winyard transitions to college faster than anybody thinks he's going to. And that's you know that's the hand you're dealt. Yes, like we've said, another body would have been beneficial, but I don't think that would have changed. If UK loses Scalabissier, it's going to take 
uh, it's going to take one hell of an effort to win the national championship. And that would be the same with uh, with this other guy that I'm talking about that I'm not going to drop his name. You know, it, it didn't ultimately it didn't matter. Uh, we'll get back to this if, if you want to, Trevor. But some breaking news. Uh, Denario Laster, the linebacker transfer from Minnesota, tweeted that he has officially committed to Kentucky and uh, is will be part of the 2016 season. Um, I guess there always could be a possibility, there could be a chance where he could get a hardship waiver and be eligible this year. But with how that NCAA process works and with the paperwork and how long it takes to get an answer back, and then if you appeal that answer, how long that would take, it seems just very likely that he ends up on the 2016 roster ready to, to rock and roll. Although I think UK could certainly use him this year. They, they, they could use any help they could get at linebacker. Uh, he played last year for Minnesota. Did you say linebacker's a hole or a question mark? It is a... Questionable hole? It's a questionable hole. It's, um, they've, got, they, I, they've got some talent at linebacker, Kentucky does. Uh, I like there's you know Josh Forrest is a guy that I I like and I think will do a uh, a fine job but you also are going to have some some other guys playing bigger roles you, you know what is Ryan Flanagan going to do uh, Jabari Johnson is certainly a, a question mark um, Jason Hatcher kind of playing that hybrid role how will that transition over um, what are you going to get out of Khalid Henderson what are you going to do get out of uh, Nico Furios. What are you going to get out of those guys? So it's, I'd say it's more of a question mark, not necessarily a hole at this point. But to throw in a guy that played last year, that has some experience, that played in the Big Ten, which, you know, it's good, obviously a competitive league. I think that'd be, that'd be good for I like that'd how you describe the Big Ten like it's some kind of like upper class rec church league. Like it's a competitive league. They have competition. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good league. It's not like he's coming from the AAC or something. Uh, well, you know, sometimes the AEC players can be pretty good. Well, uh, he didn't put up huge numbers for Minnesota last year. And, and talking with a buddy that works for Minnesota's Rivals page, they said Minnesota's not heartbroken he's leaving. They thought he was a, a guy that had a lot of potential, but it, it might take a year, another year or two before he reaches that potential. Um, but an extra body, the development, that would have been good to have. But likely he, you'll have to wait till 2000. And 16 to, to get him on the field, but it will add some depth. And I, I know Kentucky staff is excited about it. That's what Justin Rowland told us yesterday. So uh, a nice get for Kentucky. Did they not, yell not Yahtzee? The, not, there, there's some uh, Yahtzee going around. Not quite the Jawan pass get for Louisville yesterday, but a nice addition for Kentucky's football team and probably won't be the last one you see this weekend in Lexington. Hey, not everybody gets a, a Nintendo 64 for Christmas. Some people have to set up for a sweater. <laughs> I would love an N64 for for this for, for this Christmas. I've already got one, but uh, those things are those things are pretty valuable. Um, but some other news today coming out is that the Cincinnati Reds will host a Big Blue Night. I saw this for UK on Thursday, July 30th, and I think Carl Anthony Towns should be there. Willie Cauley Stein should be there. What do, you, what do you make of that, Trevor? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you're right there on the border of Covington. So obviously, since I mean, Cincinnati is to northern, you know, Kentucky, like southern Indiana, Louisville is the southern Indiana. I mean, we're the Cincinnati to them. But 
Cincinnati is to Northern Kentucky. So I'm sure there's a lot of obviously Kentucky fans that go there. So I see no problem with that. It's a nice way to boost the ticket, especially in a season at which Cincinnati Reds, especially at this point, have pretty much all but out of the playoff contention. So if it's a way to maybe get a nice sellout in a season that's already lost, I, don't, I say go for it. I don't know if they do this every year. I know that they did it back in 2012 after they had won the championship. They had a, a big blue night in Cincinnati, and it went pretty well. There was a lot of – I didn't go to it, but I, I did have some friends that went to it uh, that did that did attend, and they said that it was – a ton of UK fans, uh, UK showed out, UK fans showed out well and, and showed up in, in big numbers. But they said that there was just some Cincinnati fans, Reds fans, that were either Bearcat uh, alumni or Bearcat oh, supporters yeah. or, or Buckeye fans that were just thinking, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I imagine Ohio State, the or Ohio State, but the, uh, the Ohio fan base of the Reds. And I'm, obviously it's not their fan base isn't just strictly, you know, pigeonholed into the state of Ohio. Uh, there's tons of Reds fans that live here in Louisville and probably throughout the state of Kentucky. And uh, I can imagine that would be upsetting them because I don't Ohio doesn't Ohio doesn't like Kentucky a whole lot. I mean, it's just, they seem I don't want to say they look down on Kentucky, but they kind of do, which cracks me up because they shouldn't. But like when I've been in Ohio growing in my younger age and going up to Ohio, I had to to suffer through a lot of, oh, you don't have shoes. I'm surprised you have shoes on. Where's your overalls? Why don't you have a straw hanging out of your mouth? I mean, Ohio looks at Kentucky as if it's like Kentucky looks at West Virginia. You know, that's, that's the way Ohio looks at us. And it's I, I could see where it would have maybe if you're a big uh, Bearcat fan or Buckeye fan or uh, whatever fan of Ohio collegiate fan you are of, Ohio Bobcat fan, which I doubt they're few and far in between of those. But, you know, I could see where it would bother you that you feel like you're being invaded slightly by what you consider a lesser fan base. In your eyes. Well, then that's. Do we need to bring out those state rankings again, Trevor? Well, I don't don't know if that's really something you could use in a legitimate court case, but yeah, you could bring them out if you like. I don't think Ohio. I'm not disagreeing with you. I I think it's amusing that Ohio kind of looks down a little bit somewhat at at least the least uh, where the parts of Ohio I lived was in, which was mostly Columbus and in Cincinnati. Well, uh, that's that's disappointing to hear. Cleveland that doesn't look down anybody. God forbid they can't. Yeah, um, you're 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 right about that. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I, I know that there are probably a lot of, like you mentioned, a lot of Red fans that really don't have a reason that live in Louisville or Lexington or you know maybe surrounding parts of Kentucky and, and don't have a reason to go to a Reds game this year because they kind of do stink. Uh, this would give them a, a reason to go. And and kudos to Cincinnati for not being. Stingy about it, but like you said, maybe they're, maybe no, they're they just want to sell tickets. They know they're maybe they're just trying yeah. to maybe they're just trying to sell tickets. Uh, but we're going to head to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to play our flashback Friday game. Oh, I'm ready. Did you prepare yourself this week? Did you get? Did you? How hard did you work getting the questions for me this week? I I I started looking around three thirty, so I I didn't <laughs> rush it. I didn't rush it. You're, you've got some good ones coming your way. Last time you waited last minute, I knocked it out of the park. And I could have done it in one question if I'd guessed right, but I did it in two. 3.30 is not last minute. Because there have been... We're going the air at four. A, what's that? We're going the air at four. That gives me 30 minutes to do it. If I want to take 30 minutes, it really doesn't take that long. But there's been, Trevor, there's been one or two times where I've done it during one of the commercial breaks. So <laughs> this is going to be a little bit tougher for you. Oh, I, I bring it. Just bring it. 
I'm doing but, I'm doing the bring it signal. I'm doing like the rock right now. Hey, Come but on, remember Jabroni. Remember to stay off the Google machine. <laughs> I don't I'm I'm off the Google machine. I promise you. I've never Get off the Google machine. You put your phone away cuz I know Yates loves to text you the answers. My phone's on vibrate sitting behind me on the charger so I don't even know if anybody's been texting me or not. No, they probably haven't been. We're going to head to commercial break. Probably we'll be not. right back here on 1450 of Sports Bus. Search on college basketball before, and um, I'm not going to go into the details of it because it would just bore everybody. But I, I can't even imagine if after doing that for a year or five years or ten years, let alone 24 years, if what the answer was or if my research came back and basically just said, "Yeah, you just wasted a lot of time." I can't imagine how uh, dissatisfying that would be. Uh, yeah. I mean, 24 years. I mean, at that point, then just why give up? Just keep going. I mean, just die with the, the mystery in your mind. Yeah. I, I, that, yeah. I, I would, but like I said, he probably had known that it was a catfish for a few years now. I mean, how can you even prove it's a he catfish? He probably had known it was a catfish I mean, for a while. You can't even really prove it. I mean, what's, I mean, Loch Ness Lake, I'm sure well, the lake is pretty damn big. And I'm mean, even in 24 years. I mean, he's one person. I mean, I mean. What does he have, like, the, the, the guys that, that funded Nicolas Cage and National Treasure helping him look? I mean, they have sonar? I mean, is he out there like like the the first Jaws looking like with a small boat, hoping he had a bigger one? I mean, there's no way you can justify. I mean, I can't imagine him having the funds to thoroughly search, even in 24 years with his income, and I'm sure with the equipment he uses, after 24 years, he could probably still say, well, there's a chance. Well, I'll say this. Uh, there are some huge catfish out there. I mean, like, huge monster catfish. Uh, just do a, a Google search of big catfish. and I mean, It could have been a giant turtle, for all we know. I mean, if you look at some of these pictures of giant catfish, if you, let's say you went back 300 years ago and you saw one of these things, you would say, yep, that is a monster. Uh, that is that is not a creature that we're used to. But um, three hundred years ago, I probably see a human being and think it's weird. <laughs> but I do see a, gi- a, a Mekong giant catfish. I'm looking at a picture of that thing is ginormous. But you you could find some ginormous catfish at the bottom of the Ohio River. You could get some that I'm probably are just as big as some of these that were that you see on Google. But um, you think they have three that, eyes? That, that would be that'd be disappointing. But anyways, I, I thought that was interesting. I wanted to bring it up. You ready for a little flashback Friday? I was born ready. All right, we'll spark it's it up. It's that time. What time is it? Damn time. What we gonna do right here is go back, way back, back into time. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Contestants, good luck. Now, question number one. Who discovered America? Dick York? 
Dude, if you have to ask, you'll never know. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine. All right, your first question. 1588. That is correct. <laughs> All right, you let's think, do you think it. You're ready to stump me. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this is how we play. If you're not familiar with the game, I'm going to read a clue. It, it pertains to what year we're talking about. After I read one clue, Trevor will shout out a year. If he's right, the game's over. If he's not, I give another clue, and we see how long it goes. So yep. you play along and at home. And the clues get easier as we go along. Yeah, well, maybe not this time. <laughs> yeah, I may have poked the beast a little too much with my cockiness, apparently. So let's get it started. We're going to start with the sports one <laughs> to lead off the show. Usually, I've not we, learned we don't your do lesson, it. TJ, but okay. The Yankees win the World Series. Oh, Jesus. Well, let's see here. I get one of 27 chances to pick this one right off the bat. Uh, 1923. You are wrong. You fat blood idiot! The Great Mississippi Flood affects 700,000 people. One of the worst disasters in American history. The Great Mississippi Flood affects um, 19... I'm staying in the same area. I'm going to say 1932. That's a, a solid guess because you're thinking of the big flood in Louisville, which well, I'm thinking that? of when a flood would really damage would be early 1900s. I would assume to that point. A, a flood will damage now. Well, sure. yeah, but then you wouldn't. We'd be more prepared now than we would be in the 1930s. Okay, well, you're wrong. Oh, get it right, moron. Stanford wins the Rose Bowl. That was technically the following year, but it was the season that led to Stanford winning the Rose Bowl. Ah, uh, damn, you did put a little effort in this one, didn't you? Um, yes. <laughs> I, I, I did piss you off. Um, Stanford wins the Rose Bowl uh, in 19... See, now I'm also guessing because I'm trying to think what your Yankees won championships. Being twice, there's 27 of them. It's kind of hard to narrow it down. Uh, 1937. That's inaccurate. Are you off your meds or something? <laughs> I, got the, new, I got new wrong answers. You like that, didn't you? I do. I, I love them. I only got and three I, of those, so you're going to hear them again here soon, probably. Uh, so you you were a little cocky going into it. Yeah, well, I figured I gave myself three new ones thinking I, I might not have to use all three of them. But. The first transatlantic telephone call is made. Uh, <laughs> I almost cussed this for a second because <laughs> I had no, I have no idea. I almost dropped an S-bomb. Um, <laughs> 1927. You got it. That's right. Did I really? You did. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. Way to go, man. I, that was, I mean, talk, I mean, I literally pulled that one out of my ass. I, did, I have no. That was. I'm just now was staying in the 20s and thinking of the murders row years. Of See, the at that point, I figured you were just gonna be taking shots. And I, I knew all along you were just gonna be taking shots in the dark and taking and taking guesses at it. But 
I literally, I had this pit in my stomach, Trevor, when I was reading the first clue or the second clue that you were just going to guess right, and I was going to be so mad. Well, the Yankees one would have been, I mean, again, like I said, there's, I mean, so many Yankee years to pick from. Uh, to break down my answer, like I'm on one who wants to be a millionaire, I wanted to go early in the uh, way, way back, because I figured you would probably want to go way back and hoping to stump me. So I went as early as I could in the Yankee championship year, thinking in the 20s. Uh, and then at that point, I just kind of stung or hung around there and tried to remember which years they won it. Honestly, I didn't even remember if they won 27. That was just <laughs> seriously pulling it out of my rear end. There's, I knew they won like five titles in the 70s. So, I, mean, I, mean, the I really can't explain to you how, if you would have gotten it on the, one of the first two, I would have probably just walked off the air. <laughs> I, can I can you the, walk off the air? Or are you the great airbender now? I would I would hit the disconnect button on Skype, and I would go walk away from my computer. Well, I wouldn't have been happy about it. You know, I don't have to worry about that. I didn't get it my first one, but I did get it my fourth because, you know, well. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. I'm just, I, I, I'm okay with four. That's fine with me, especially when I knew that you were just guessing. Can you I, didn't really know the answer. No, no, I had no idea. What are my other clues? Did you go fast four? Uh, it, it I, I did not make it easy for you. No, you, you didn't. <laughs> you, you were just, you were just going to be guessing this entire game. But I think even guessing and getting, at least I was able to stay in the right area. I mean, I knew the vicinity I was in. The New York Giants win the NFL championship. Uh, yeah, again, I, well, that would have again put me in the 20s and 30s area, but I, the year would have been still eluding me. Now, this one I, I think could have could have done it for you. Uh, Charles Lindbergh makes the transatlantic flight from New York to Paris. A lot of transatlantic stuff going on in this game. Yeah, again, I, I would have put me in the air, but I wouldn't. I, I didn't know that one off the top of my head exactly. I would have known if you, I know him in the 20s and 30s if you're talking Lindbergh, though. Basil Hayden coaches UK basketball to a not so stellar three and thirteen season. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to get to that. Kentucky's three wins that year come against Florida and Center twice. Again, I would have known the era that you, you that then I would have known. I'm I would, at that point I'd just been going 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. I'd have just been going at one year up each question. I think that was a home. I think that was a home game for Kentucky. But could you imagine playing basketball down in Florida in 1927 in a gym that would be very small and that would have no air conditioning? Uh, but one thing that's probably not changed. There probably wasn't anybody there to see it. That's a good point, and that is a zinger, and I love it. Uh, my buddy, you know, good old Charlie pointed that fact out about just how miserable it would have been to play down there. During that time, how big during do you think the gym time? was? Like, oh, maybe six hundred people. Uh, again, probably not too much smaller than the O Dome. <laughs> well, the O Dome's not small. The O Dome, the O Dome is small. It's a dome. Is it small? It's not really a dome. They just call it that. Oh well, that's BS. You can't. I mean, that, well, no. it, that's like, okay. Then, it is. Then, then, you know what? I li- I live in the Kelsey Dome. It's it's the it is and it isn't. It's uh, it's shaped like a dome. It looks like a dome, but it's a. It's called the O'Connell O'Connell Center. Ah, it, just, it is shaped like a dome. It. They say it seats over eleven thousand people. I'm not so sure. I mean, it's got to be worse than what Tulane used to play in. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember watching, especially when Louisville played Tulane in the old Metro days. 
They used to play in a gym that held, I think, like 1,400 people. I mean, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but I'm not far off. It was an old bomb shelter, and that was what they used as a basketball court. It was the most annoying thing. I'm sure I never played on it, but just watching people play on it was just annoying in itself because they had lines all over the court from where it was a volleyball court as well. Oh, it was just, you couldn't tell. I couldn't. As a fan watching, I couldn't figure out if we were out of bounds or not. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea. I was like, I was sitting there cursing at TV for five minutes, thinking Gerald Honeycutt went out of bounds, and he was in bounds the whole time. A a few more hints. Uh, so we we did the Basil Hayden one. Uh, Calvin Coolidge is the United is the president of the United States. I would have gotten that. He was president uh, when my grandmother was born. Bobby Jones wins the British Open. Again, you, you at least narrowed me down. I, I would have been throwing years out of, out of, out of, out of, out of throwing crap at a wall and hoping it sticks. And the last one, Whiskery wins the Derby. <laughs> oh, well, if you'd led with that one, it would have been out of the park in one swing. I, I, yeah, I imagine so. You, you know so. me. I mean, I'm a, I've got Whiskery tattooed on my left arm. Uh, I'm, you know, you did to be able to guess it right after four clues. That's that's a good job on your part. I'm not upset about it because I know it was a guess. You were stumped, but you got it in four, so congrats. Uh, but I, man, I'm just so happy you didn't get in one of those first two. I'm so glad I didn't have to use a fourth wrong answer and have to go back to uh, one of my. Uh, you fat blood idiot. What is uh? Can you what are your plans? That's off of, by the way. Is that? It sounds. Is that? Pinky in the Brain? It sounds like that. <laughs> Pinky in the Brain. I loved Pinky in the Brain. Uh, no, it was before Pinky in the Brain. It was Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy? I was along those lines. Um, I was along those lines. Okay. Uh, any big plans this weekend, Trevor? Uh, no. Uh, oh, well, no. Battle the WWE pay-per-views this Sunday night. Man, you are a... Uh... You're a big wrestling fan, aren't you? I am. I, I enjoy wrestling. I enjoy, it's a sport to me. We've got the rest of the British Open, which they weren't able to finish the round today because of darkness. So they'll have to finish the second round very early tomorrow, 2 a.m. our time. Why did they just put all the they... cars on the, on, the, on the course and turn the lights on like they did in Bagger Vance? It's <laughs> a good point. I don't know why they did that. Uh, they, they basically were already playing in the dark tonight, uh, but they wanted to let Tom Watson finish. And uh, I'm pretty sure he did end up finishing. Uh, right now, your leader is Dustin Johnson at 10 under. He 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 did not finish today. I would hate that if I was Dustin Johnson. I would hate it, hate it, hate it. Uh, he was three under on the day, and he, he only had about five more holes to play. But three under through 13 holes, that's pretty good uh, in a major, especially when you're the leader. You want to keep that momentum going. I would hate to get closed out because of darkness. Um, and then Tiger Woods, he didn't finish today, but he's not going to make the cut. You've got Jordan Spieth, uh, who fe- who is at five under. So he's he's five off the lead. He's tied for 15th, uh, and he didn't finish today, but he wasn't having as good as a round, so that might be more welcoming for him. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if uh, Jordan Spieth can, cre- can keep the Grand Slam dreams alive, and we'll have that all figured out. By when we come back on Monday. What's your weekend plans look like, TJ? Uh, big uh, going ons in the Walker household. I might try to get out on the course after the show today uh, okay. and not die of dehydration. I I love to have a few beers when I'm playing, but I'm not going to do that today because it's just like we've talked about. It it makes no sense to drink in this sort of heat. And you can always uh, just hook an IV up to your veins. 
That's true. Well, the golf isn't isn't a hundred percent sure, but we'll we'll see. Um, we tomorrow, and then I'm I'm not gonna probably do anything too crazy tonight. Uh, tomorrow, I've got I'm gonna take care of my car. You know, the one that the tree fell on. Have you so? What have you been driving recently? Have you are you uh, have you been uh, stuck at home like uh, like like Jack Nicholson in The Shining? I got a rental car on Wednesday, so I was stuck oh. at home for three days. But I ha- I've had a rental car now. What kind of rental car did you get? They gave me a Nissan Tundra, or not Tundra, but Nissan, I don't know, Sinatra? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, like the singer? <laughs> Whatever it is. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, Sinatra. Okay. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice little car. I'm okay with it. No complaints. Um, did, you get, then, did you get the insurance? I did not. Well, it, my insurance pays for my insurance for the rental car. So you can beat the hell out of that thing, right? Yeah. All right. That's, let's do that. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Let's beat the uh, hell out of it this weekend. In fact, let's. I, I, in fact, I've got plans now on Saturday to come and just totally crap all over your rental car. The rest of Saturday, not too much going on. I'm going to watch the United States Gold Cup game. It's knockout stage, Trevor. So this is a big one. We're we're playing Cuba. Cuba. That should be that that should be an easy win. Mexico beat Cuba six nothing earlier this tournament. Mexico isn't all that great. Oh, man, speaking of Mexico, I forgot to bring this up. I guess I should have brought this up yesterday. But So they were playing Trinidad and, and Tobago. and That sounds like an 80s band, by the way. They had to win that game to win their group. And if they win their group, they get an easier draw in the, in the Gold Cup knockout stage. So they had to beat Trinidad and Tobago. They couldn't tie them. They couldn't lose to them. So they get up. They're up 2-0 in that game. And things are looking great for Mexico. All their fans... And... and I don't like Mexico soccer fans. Not all of them, but they get a bad rep because whenever we go down and play in Mexico City, they throw bags of pee on American fans <laughs> and the players, and it's just it's a nightmare. So you think that's I, a nightmare? Try being the guy that has to bag the pee. They probably they don't seem to care. So I I'm not. I think Mexican soccer fans are uh, kind of goofy. So it's Mexico. They're up to nothing. They're celebrating. They're just partying. They're 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 going nuts. And then Trinidad and Tobago and Tobago comes back and ties it up. Then they go ahead three two. So Mexican fans are all sad again, and it looks like not, the party has stopped. And then they end up in the last five minutes, not only tying the game, Trevor, and a tie doesn't work for them. They take the lead. So they're up four to three in stoppage time. Things looking are looking great for Mexico. They've got the music back on. Uh, it is a fiesta of fiestas. I think the game's in Charlotte, and they're just going nuts. Trinidad and Tobago gets one last corner kick at it. This is their last. It's three minutes of stoppage time. They're in the 93rd minute already. So this will be the last play of the game. And Mexico fans are just so throwing so much trash at this guy trying to make the corner kick. They're throwing water bottles. They're throwing beer cans. They're throwing paper cups. Everything. If you see the picture, there is a small pile of trash around the soccer ball. Is that legal, by the way? What are you going to do? Kick all those guys out? (laughs) You've got one last play. And the the Trinidad and Tobago player looks at the ref and says, what the hell's going on? Stop this. And... Uh, the ref says, there's nothing I can do. We can't stop the whole match just to pick up this trash and have, we can't kick everybody out because everybody was doing it. I'm not joking. There's 55 pieces of trash on the field. 
Anyway, so the guy kicks it. Sure enough, Trinidad and Tobago heads it in. Tie game. Mexico gets what they deserve and finds themselves playing a very tough Costa Rica team in the first round of the Gold Cup. We play Cuba. We'll end up winning that. Louisville City FC has a tough road match at Pittsburgh. We've already played there once this year, and we uh, came away with a last-second draw. We scored in one of the last minutes, similar to the Trinidad and Tobago and, and Mexico game, except not uh, trashy fans throwing trash onto the pitch. Uh, so there will be some great soccer action, needless to say. I'm excited about there Also some NBA summer games. So should be a good sports weekend for you. We're out of time for today, though, and we'll be back on Monday. Enjoy yourself a nice weekend. Stay hydrated. We'll see you then here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Tell me how to run my life when they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going wrong.